Dogen's Shogogenzo, a fascicle titled Gyoji, which means doing the practice and keeping to it. The great way of Buddhas and ancestors invariably involves unsurpassed, ceaseless practice. This practice rolls on in a cyclic manner without interruption. Not a moment's gap has occurred in their giving rise to the intention to realize Buddhahood, in their doing the training and practice, in their experiencing enlightenment, and in their realizing nirvana. For the great way of ceaseless practice rolls on just like this. As a result, the practice is not done by forcing oneself to do it, and it is not done by being forced to do it by someone else. It is a ceaseless practice that is never tainted by forcing. The merits of this ceaseless practice sustain us and sustain others. The underlying principle of this practice is that the whole universe in all ten directions receives the merits of our ceaseless practice. Though others may not recognize it, though we may not recognize it ourselves, still it is so. As a result, owing to the ceaseless practice of all the Buddhas and ancestors, our own ceaseless practice has clearly manifested. And owing to our ceaseless practice, the ceaseless practice of all the Buddhas clearly manifests, and the great way of the Buddhas pervades everywhere. And Owing to our ceaseless practice, the Buddha's way rolls perpetually onward. Accordingly, Buddha after Buddha and ancestor after ancestor have dwelt within Buddha, have acted from the heart of Buddha, and have fully manifested Buddha, and they have done so without a single moment's interruption. So, in three weeks from today, three weeks from today, we're going to begin our spring angle period. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, angle, but also how to approach it, and also the theme of our angle, and what we try to do during angle period. So, for those who don't know, whether here or in this the recording, Ango dates back to the time of the Buddha where they had monsoons, heavy rains, uh, for about three months. And during those periods, he instructed his uh, disciples to stay in one place for safety purposes and use that time to deepen their practice, to go deep into understanding what it is that we practice. Right? And, of course, those are very skillful uh, ways, one of many skillful ways we, we practice. So to take three months, as they did, and to not travel, as they did, as they, for safety purposes, they took that time and they said a lot, looked at what we need to look at, understand it in a different way. Right? There is understanding through action and there is understanding through being. In this case it was based on 
looking deeply into one's true nature. Now, for us, obviously, it's different. We don't stop traveling. Right? We move around, we do what we always do. But yet we do it with a different sense of purpose, different sense of intention. So we use it in a skillful way to Somebody asked some years ago, what's the point? Why are we doing it? Because during Angkor, we intensify everything we do. And he asked, why not do it all the time? Right? Because there's a sense of entering a period, raising the intention, raising the, the level of intensity too. And then after that, kind of seems as if things calm down until the next Angkor. But it's not exactly that way. Yes, there is the intensity or intensification of our practice, but we do it so ango after ango after ango, we actually know how to better bring the practice to everyday life, or better live it. Right? So it's not doing the ango, then dropping it and going back to what we did before the ango. The idea is that with each angle, we actually become more skillful at seeing what we need to see and actualize what we need to actualize. And if you've been around for a while, and if you've been practicing correctly, you know that from your own experience. Right? So essentially, we have to see angle as, as upaya. Right? Upaya that helps us actualize what we realize. So there is the realization, actualization, back to realization, back to actualization. So, in the process of deepening, we can identify two components, right, as we talk about often. There's the continued expansion of the realization, right, and then there is the continued expansion of the ability to put it into action in everyday life. And these two components actually work together very well, right? Because one verifies the other. Right? So commitment to regular zazen is absolutely essential. We begin from there. There is that always at the baseline, at the baseline level of our practice. Everyday zazen. Right? So it's a way to, you know that, it's a way to get in touch. It's a way to get in touch. With what? Maybe it's better not to give it a name or a label or a title. It's just a way to get in touch. It's a way to return home. Right? So it's a way to return home and then from there we get up and we move, we function. And the better we understand by experience home, the better we can function from home. Right? The more we know how to keep it alive while we do what we do, whatever that is. Right? So now the way we function is essential to look at, right? How do we function? Am I? functioning from being at home? Am I functioning from 
the depth of realization, from the depth of wisdom. What is moving me to do what I do, to say what I say, to react the way I react? What is at the heart of it? Right? And that's examination on the go, which is different than examination on the cushion. And both, one verify the other, both are essential to know how to do correctly. In other words, to know how to sit correctly and then to know how to move correctly. And to know how to connect those two so it becomes ceaseless, it becomes seamless. And if we do it this way, then the practice never stops. The deepening actually never stops. So the way we function is a reflection of, of how deeply we have penetrated on the cushion. Right? It shows us. It's giving us plenty of opportunities to go deeper while we engage in everyday activities, but it's also showing us what we need to work on. Right? So, we practice, we sit, and we do it over and over and over again, and then over and over and over again, we take it into everyday life, we verify the depth of our practice, and we go back on the, to the cushion and we deepen that. And the way we verify an action is none other than the way we function at work, the way we speak to other people, the way we communicate, the way we deal with our children, the way we deal with paying the bills, going to school, deal with traffic, or whatever happens. It's none other than these activities that can help us deepen, verify where we're at and help us deepen, both at the same time. Of course, we have to know how to work with that because if we don't, maybe we get disappointed. Maybe we think I've not done well and it's not a practice for me or maybe I just never, never going to get it and so on. But none of that, none of those thoughts actually come up with the experience, right? So when we are getting caught up by whatever we get caught up in at that moment, it is just this. It is only getting caught up. It is only closing our eyes, actually. It's no more than that. So when we close our eyes, all we have to do is learn how to open it. Not learn how to comment on it. Learn how to open our eyes over and over again. If the eyes just open slightly, then we have to deepen that. Learn to open them more. That's it. That's it in regards to what we need to practice. It's not that's it in regards to what we experience. It's very true. Because we do experience that. So in this Ango period, we're going to... What I would like us to do, or like you to do, is to um, look at how much you sit every day, see if you can... Well, if you can see how you can add a little bit more time, either add another sitting period 
or add more time to the time to the amount of time you already see it. So that's one. Also, Zazenkais, we have those every month. There is a session in the middle of this, of this angle. Make sure that uh, you clear up time to attend that. Right? So, and we do all these things so we can be helped in the process of deepening the practice. Right? Not as a chore. Not, as Dorian said, not to be forced to do that. Or to think I have to do it because I'm part of a team and this is what we do as a team, as a collective, and uh, I'll have to go, so I go. That's not the way to practice. One time I instructed someone to go home in the middle of the session because that person came for the wrong reasons. And it was clear during the Dogsan. So I suggested go back to your room, pack your things, go home. Right? So how do we show up to a sashin, to a zazenkai? Today, Sunday morning, how do we show up? Do we drag our feet? Or do we understand how to show up light, easy, flowing? Does it mean jumping up and down and having enough hours of sleep, obviously. But it means having clarity that about, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is exactly what, what I want to do. It's exactly where I want to be this morning. It's a choice. It has to be a choice, right? There is no door. There are hinges, but there is no door, as you can see. Walk in, you can walk out any given time. So our team will be actualizing the fundamental point of doing deep Rajna Paramita. So doing deep Rajna Paramita, right? There is the cultivating deep Rajna Paramita, deep wisdom, understanding. And then actualize it. And that's what needs to happen over and over again. Right? So, to support and encourage each of us to engage, to engage our everyday life as a practice, right? To, to see it as an opportunity. Rather than to see what happens in everyday life as, a, as an issue or as something that we may not like, something we would prefer to live without, right? Rather than that, ask, how do I engage it as a practice? Not whether or not I like it to be so. Actually, that's completely irrelevant, right? On Friday we had a, well, you know, we had a storm, right? And we lost power. We still have no power. And uh, I was actually reading and doing some writing for, for today, and then the power went out. So I put it down, got up, and then went downstairs, went outside, and 
start with the generator and attended to that. Right? And it was just like, well, that's what life needs me to do and that's what I will do. This is, you know, whether or not I like it, whether or not it was part of the plan, whether or not uh, I know how long the power will be out, all these questions, all these comments are completely irrelevant. Not only irrelevant, but get in the way. Right? So to listen to, to listen to the quiet, right? To listen to the fact that now there is something else to do. Now what I thought I need to do has to move to the, to the outlines, right? To the site, and then there is something else going on, and that's what needs my attention right now. That's all there is. And, and what's interesting about it is when you, when you get on with it, when you do it this way, you recognize that there is something in us that wants to be in alignment, wants to recognize, wants to listen and follow. In a way, follow the instructions, right? You know, the instructions are not, we don't come with instructions. We come or, or manual. We come with the potential to follow the instructions as they occur, as they manifest, day by day, moment by moment. We come with that potential, with that ability. But we come in blank. Blank. And because we don't find blank to be very comforting, we fill it in with a lot of details. And then we end up we end up not being able to see what it is that we need to answer to. Right? So, ask yourself, what is the moment asking me to do right now? Am I listening to life? Am I listening to what's around me? Or am I constantly listening to what I think about this? How I feel about it? You've heard many times that what we need to do, what we need to work on is, maybe not work on, or little by little we practice, we, we lose interest in ourselves if we practice well. We lose interest in ourselves, we lose interest in what we know, and we become a lot more interesting, interested in what we don't know. So when something happens, drop everything and attend to it, take care of it. Do it. That is doing Prajna Paramita. That is actualizing the fundamental point. Because in Zazen, right, when you sit in Zazen, what do we do? Well, you can say not much, right? We just sit there. When thoughts come, we let them come. When thoughts go, we let them go. Right? But what do we don't do on the cushion? Right? We don't... Oh, we don't sit there and concoct ideas about how I'm going to move on this guy and then tell him this, tell him that, and succeed in this and not fail in that. Or, right? We don't sit there and harbor anger, for example. Right? We don't do all these things. We do something else. Right? And that doing has to do with recognizing being rather than getting lost in what we think, right? So, so 
Zazen, we also have to see it this way, has a lot to do with what we don't do when we sit on the cushion and just observe. And just connect. And just enjoy being. Enjoy not filling the blank with anything. It's amazing how much beauty, how much inherent beauty there is there. If we actually take a little time to look. And every time we do that, right? Every time we do it, and the deeper we go into it, the better we are at seeing that while there's a lot going on, yeah, there's also this. There's also this. Right? We, we don't forget, or we tend to forget less. Maybe. Right? The more we see, the deeper we go into practice, the less we tend to forget the fundamental point using those words. And the less we forget the fundamental point, we, the, the better or the more we can tap it, actualize it. Listen to life. Ask, where am I needed? Now in this as well, we have to watch out because if you do drop whatever it is you're doing and then go along with whatever it is that is happening at that moment, you may think, or there may be thoughts, I'm going with the flow now. Look at me. I'm following the flow. I'm really, really good at it. Drop that too. That's very, very dangerous if we don't drop it. Because this becomes a much more difficult self to shake off. Because it feels really good and because you may be in alignment. But you may be in alignment and then you step out to comment on being in alignment. And there is the new trap. Or the old trap in the new version. Watch out. So to lose this, to lose this need to hold on, to create something, to put a label on to identify with it. It's lots to work with, and it's quite amazing, right, to have so much to work with. It's amazing to see that all we need to do is engage life as a practice. That's all. Right? Because from that point on, you got something to work with for the rest of your life. It's incredible. So, the theme will be to actualize the fundamental point or to do, or doing the Prajnapalamita, and we will study together Dogen's uh, Genji Koan, which I've quoted a bunch of times in the past, in different talks. I think some of you have read at least parts of it. Now, the word, I want to just talk about this for a few minutes. The word Genjo consists of two characters, which together mean to bring potential into fruition or manifestation. And the word Koan also consists of two characters. Ko is translated as to be public. 
Now, I'm going to quote from Shohaku Okumura's uh, book about that. And he said, to be public in this context means to equalize, right? to equalize inequality or to make the uneven even, as Mazumi Roshi used to say. And this equalizing, right? to put things, to bring things to equality, is a reference to the duties of government officials. So this is the, this is where the translation comes from. Reference to government officials in ancient China when dealing with disputes between citizens. These officials had to think of people involved as equal. Not quite what's happening today, right? And they, they tried. They had to try to find fair and unbiased solutions to people's problems. So to make something public, therefore meant to make something equal. So co, in this broader sense, means to equalize the unfair and unequal situations among beings that arise in the world of disorder and discrimination. It's an interesting translation, right? So, different way of seeing it. That's the, that's the co in the con. Now, uh, the character Dogen used for an actually meant keeping one's lot. And it had very significant meaning for people in Logan's time. Each person in Japanese society had different responsibilities depending on his or her occupation. The emperor, ministers, upper class officers, lower class officers, merchants, farmers, teachers, and all others had a certain place in society. You know, we have to watch out not to see it as discrimination. That was, that's not the point of translation, right? So it says here that uh, keeping one's lot meant recognizing one's place in society and performing one's duties and responsibilities within that place. It also refers to the individuality of people. It, meant, it means recognizing that we're all, we all have our own particular personality and traits and capabilities that make us unique. We can't trade places with another person or trade life with another person. So in this sense, to keep one's lot also means to be private. And together the phrase Genjokuan means to bring our true potential into fruition and to personally actualize it in a way that benefits everyone. So, all this is basically leading us to, to, to the understanding that I don't have another life. This is the life I have. Those are the ingredients I have. I cannot trade my ingredients with another person. Nor should I try. Right? So that's not the question. That's not in question. The only question here is how do I practice it? How do I actualize this, my life, not the life I want? All this is irrelevant. All the thoughts about wanting to reject what the situation we find ourselves in are completely irrelevant and only get in the way. Right? Doing the Plajna Palamita begins by recognizing that the situation we find ourselves in is exactly where the practice needs to be actualized. Exactly. 
Nowhere else. It's the task of our practice, right? So it's not just... It's a big theme. Don't misunderstand it. It is a huge theme. It's a big theme that is no longer... Sorry, it's no more than putting one foot in front of the other. But still, it's a big theme that hopefully if we engage it correctly, then by the end of the three months, we would know how, we would know better how to live it. And because it is urgent, we have to tackle the big themes. We have to go right into where real practice happens, not an imagined version of it, right? Now, there's another aspect I want to say a few words about in relation to how the practice manifests in our everyday life. We should clarify that when old habits return, and they do, we, when we feel bogged down by those habits or maybe deflated or defeated for some reason, it doesn't mean we failed. Also, again, it doesn't mean we succeeded when we actually get on with it. Failing or succeeding have not, has nothing to do with what we need to do or what the practice is about. Failing and succeeding has, have everything to do with what we bring with us to the practice, with the way we comment on what we do. So to get on with it is just to get on with it. That's it. And then to get stuck is just to get stuck. That's it. That's it. But there is something there we need to look at. Right? We have not failed. So you may remember from the Zen teachings of Bodhidharma, which is the book we studied last year, when he spoke about karma, he said, when you meet with adversities or some misfortune, do not be surprised, because it makes sense. Right? Very important to understand what that means. It makes sense. How does it make sense? You know, to, so to be on the path of liberation and to practice diligently does not liberate us from having to work with consequences of past actions or past decisions. That's not what liberation is. I think it's what we want it to be. Now, what we have done in the past what we've been exposed to in our childhood. Everything that we have seen and have been affected by is going to show up. That's what makes sense. It will show up. And many of it, actually many uh, parts of it, we don't even know about, right? Because it's been dumped on either directly or indirectly, right? So either by people we grew up with or by what was dumped on them, by their parents and then their parents, right? So it's, there's no way to know, there's no way to tell how far it goes or how deep it goes. There's no way to tell what will, what seeds are in me. And when will those seeds 
be pushed in a way by those triggers. When what in life will trigger me or will, will trigger those seeds to come out and start to move in me? That we don't know. So how do we meet it? First, don't be surprised. Right? Number one, don't be surprised. It doesn't mean you failed. It means, here it is. How do you work with it? How do you open up? How do you engage life while this is moving in the background? Sometimes in the foreground. Sometimes we, we encounter it, we recognize it only when it already has taken over our mouths, our hands, our legs. Right. So at that moment, the sooner the better, but maybe your mouth is already moving. At that moment of recognition, oh, I don't know who's saying this. Who's saying this? Shut up. Stop talking. Walk away if you can. Sit down. Look at it. What is this? What are the parameters of this? Who's talking? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not really what I want to say. Maybe I want to say something else. That's an opportunity to actualize the fundamental point. That's an opportunity to do deep Prajna Paramita. Because I'm not. If I'm not seeing it, I am not doing deep Prajna Paramita. But you see you're committed by that. I should do it more often. Drink tea, that is. So do not be surprised, it's a good starting point, right? It's a good point from which we can enact the Dharma. Tap wisdom. Right? To realize that many of the challenges are often related to the way karma manifests in me. So there's no blame there, there is no pointing a finger, there is no being bogged down, there is no guilt. None of it matters, right? Just look at it. And raise the intention to practice it rather than be trapped by it. So, in this, in this uh, fascicle, I'll keep reading a little bit more from that. Logan says, Actually, I'm going to go back to uh, it began with the, the great way of Buddhas and ancestors invariably involves unsurpassed ceaseless practice. The word ceaseless is, is essential, right? It continues, not just in our lives, not just in this time, but it continues from past time to what we call future time. It simply continues through us. This practice rolls on in cyclic manner without interruption. You know, the moment's gap 
has occurred in their past Buddhas, giving rise to the intention to realize Buddhahood. Right? So no, no gap between the intention to realize Buddhahood, no gap in their doing the training and practice. So no gap between the cushion, between the action, between back to the cushion, and every other aspect of our being, of our existence. And in their experiencing enlightenment. They didn't even stop there to look at it and feel good about it. And in their realizing nirvana. For the great way of ceaseless practice rolls on just like this. So when we fully give our attention to this moment, we actually open up a portal into realizing Buddhahood. And we are in alignment with the fundamental point. And when we are in alignment, we can actualize it without interruption, as it says. Right? It says this practice rolls on in cyclic manner without Interruptions, no gaps. And the intention to realize Buddhahood is equivalent to the intention to remain fully engaged in life, just in the way it shows up moment by moment. It's nothing more than that. It's not that I have to go read a scripture in order to realize Buddhahood or actualize the fundamental point. It's not more than one, there is a power outage. All right, what's needed now? It's not more than dealing with life as it occurs, moment by moment. Now, it's not more than that is not simplifying it. It doesn't mean, oh, well, just this, I can do that. No. It's a portal into vastness that has no parameters, no borders. And that's what continues forever. It's not I got it because I am obeying the moment. <coughs> that's another trap. Obeying the moment, I don't know anything about anything. That keeps it open. I don't know anything about anything. And from that point, we allow the fundamental point. We allow it to function through us rather than us using it for some purpose. Right? And, and all this, everything I'm, I'm talking about will be unpacked as we study uh, Logan's Shoba, uh, not Shoba, Genjo Kwan. Uh, because he, he actually goes deeply into all those aspects. You know, to read Dogen, you have to study his language first. You know, it's a, well, it's a translation, but he has, he had a way of, of expressing things which are, which is, I think, very unique. It, it, it's practical, it's pragmatic, yet it is also very poetic. He was 53 years old when he died, which is quite amazing, right? What he managed to do in 53 years. 
quite remarkable what he left behind for us to study, for us to engage in. So, anyway, so to fully engage life as it is, right? It means to, to quell the desire to be elsewhere, to quell the desire to create an alternate reality, or to escape to displacement activities, right? It's to no more wish for anything else to happen. Do not wish to have another life, another spouse, another job, another car, another house. Stop wishing for other circumstances and conditions. As long as we wish that something else would happen, we're not engaged in actualizing anything. We engage in perpetuating. And that also goes on in cyclic manner, doesn't it? It never stops. Why will it stop? We keep perpetuating it. How? By thinking about it, by talking about it, by sharing it with others, writing about it, complaining, on and on and on and on. And there is another way. But how do we do it, right? He says the practice is not done by forcing oneself to do it, and it's not done by being forced to do it by someone else. So I'm asking you, don't come because I'm telling you you have to come. Don't go to Sishin because I'm telling you this is very important. You should go. If I'm saying this is very important, then look within. Why is this very important? What's going on? What am I doing that needs to be quelled? How am I thinking right now that the, the practice can quell, the practice can subdue, calm down? It's not about me saying it, it's about you understanding that this is what you want to do. If you want to do it. And so the merits of this from this ceaseless practice sustains us and sustains others. It's very clear advice, isn't it? And, and when we go into spring angle, we need to welcome it rather than be burdened by some idea of a chore. We have to endure. Oh, this again. I really enjoy the interim between angles, right? It's such a beautiful opportunity to actually wake up a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more. To stop being a pain in the butt to myself and others. We are. In case you haven't noticed. So it's not a matter of keeping up with the commitments or, you know, I got to figure out what I'm going to work on and then, you know, hold myself to that, keep my, hold my feet in the fire and all that. It's, some people need that. But even that uh, can very quickly become 
not so skillful. So the choice is really to stick around no matter what happens. Stick around. Go nowhere else. Ask for nothing else. Wish for nothing else. If you cannot, if you cannot stop that from happening, then choose whatever happens. Make that the choice of your life. Doesn't mean you're always going to be enthusiastic about it, obviously. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't have to mean that. Just wake up to it. Choose it. Oh, here it is. Here's what I need to practice. So I have to go back to with the book and read. What am I practicing today? What should I recite today? No. Recite life. Or let life recite you. Better. So, not too tight, not too loose. Right? Not too tight, not too loose. To know how to steady the ship through highs and lows. Right? To know how to keep at it. Moment by moment. And the way to keep at it is to choose this moment by moment. Now more or less than that, choose this moment by moment. Everybody benefits, he says, right? And then he says, not only that others may not recognize the benefits of their practice and may ridicule what you do, we ourselves we ourselves may also go through moments of not feeling it. Why am I doing this? Maybe I'm wasting my time. Maybe I should be doing something else. You, say, you may actually not recognize it. Trust it. Recognition comes and goes. And there's not much we can necessarily do about that. The moment we don't recognize, okay, well, I don't see it. Fine. That you cannot raise, but you can raise the intention. You can raise trust. That we can do. And when we raise trust, recognition comes back. Because if we don't raise trust, then we move further away from being able to recognize or to listen or to hear or to hear anything other than our own comments. Right? So, so to not create anything out of what we encounter, right? As, as one the old master once said, to understand the, understand the meaning, but do not establish standards on your own. So if we don't feel that we are in, in connection with or in alignment with, we start to create standards of our own. There's something better I can do right now. I just don't feel it right now. So work on understanding the meaning, but don't create your own version of reality. Work on your practice of embracing reality as it is. I'm just going to keep going for another 
five, ten minutes, and then let us all go home. So in another paragraph in this fascicle, Dogen writes, Moreover, if you wish to grasp that what ceaseless practice is, we should not make special case out of every new thing that comes along. This is because from the perspective of dependent origination, there is simply ceaseless practice. And ceaseless practice does not come about as a result of depending upon anything. You need to explore this point with diligence and in detail. The ceaseless practice that makes ceaseless practice manifest is nothing other than our own ceaseless practice in the here and the now. Its presence in the here and the now is beyond the comings and goings of the self and beyond, beyond the departings and emergings of the self. The phrase here and now does not refer to something that existed prior to ceaseless practice. The here and the now refers to ceaseless practice fully manifesting itself in the present. He's saying that, that the constancy, constancy of practice is not something that we should stress over or worry about. Right? Nor is it a state of being that we should work too hard on arriving at. It's no more than direct experience of reality as it is. Now, even with direct experience, it doesn't mean that it is fully grasped or fully understood, but it is fully embraced. Fully embraced, first step, right? Then from there, it deepens. When we stick in reality, reality is like a tea bag, right? You, just, you don't just put it in, put it out, like, well, the water is not, nothing's happening here. No, you allow it to steep. Allow the flavors to come out. Stick with it. Don't taste the tea every few seconds. Let it sit in it. Let it do what it needs to do. So direct experience, right? To go directly to actualization. And to do that, at the moment, something occurs. Not before, not after. Not predicting, not waiting, not hoping, not getting disappointed. Just to go directly to what happens. So you wake up in the morning. Open your eyes. Light shows up. There it is. It, with all its beauty and magnificence. There it is. The second you open your eyes, there it is. But the second you open your eyes is the second the commentator starts to go. Right? Commenting on what you see. Liking it, not liking it. I, you know, I want to close my eyes. I don't like to wake up now. I need a little bit more sleep. I'm not ready for the day. But that's not in question. If you have to get up, get up. Embrace the day. Welcome it. Love it. Appreciate it. Directly experiencing the light as it penetrates your eyes. 
directly experiencing the contact between your feet and the floor. Cold, hot, in between, whatever it is. There is that. In Aikido, we, we talk sometimes about feeling the mat under your feet. Every part of your foot has to be engaged, glued to the mat. Why? Because that's where life is, because that's how our connection to the fundamental point. So maybe we should work on that, work on the way we connect with the fundamental point. Right? So to allow the, 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 the light to penetrate the eyes, or to penetrate the entire body, to feel the feet, the contact between the feet and the ground. Walk a few steps, open the window, look outside. Embrace it all. Embrace the schedule. All the responsibilities. Everything you need to do. Choose it. That day, that morning, choose that. Yeah, that's what I want to do today. What I need to do is what I want to do. Right? And if you do that, well, if you don't do that, you recognize the discrepancy and you don't like the discrepancy and you, we often end up choosing what we want, not what is. But if you can merge the two, what you want and what is, then there's no discrepancy between us and life. There's no discrepancy between the being and the doing. And it is ceaseless, and it is seamless. It's also a gateway to genuine expression throughout the day. Because when we do that, we speak from the right place, we move from the right place, we sit from the right place. We are in alignment. So not to worry about it. I'm going to end with this, uh, this a great saying in our tradition but not straining, right, to worry about it. <clears throat> it says, if you want to be a person of suchness, practice suchness without delay. It's good, right? Right now, practice suchness. But then it says, being that you already are such a person, why worry about such a thing? You are already that way. Alignment is already there. Don't worry about it. Just recognize where you are not. Oh, sorry. Recognize what you're doing in order to not feel being in alignment. To not connect with the fundamental point. Recognize what swallows your attention and pull away from it. And then go directly to reality. No questions, no answers, no comments. Just that. Direct experience of life.